Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Radio.com. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with my co-host Johnny Page. It has been such a long time since I've been finally sit down and record with this man on a podcast. I'm excited for it, but I'm also disturbed that we have to have the type of conversations we're about to have right now, especially after this really bizarre win against Dallas last night. Johnny, great to be back with you, my friend, but uh, something's wrong with Carson Wentz and something's wrong with Doug Peterson, but more importantly, something's wrong with Carson Wentz. Yeah, good good to be back. Do you know what? As you were talking there, I, saw, I thought you were going to say bizarre loss, and I heard you say bizarre win. I was like, oh, we won. We actually won last night. Yeah, it's bizarre that, as you said, we haven't spoken in a long, long time. And apologies for listeners out there. This will probably be a very negative podcast, which I think sometimes you just need it. I'm hoping it will be quite cathartic if you're listening. Hopefully we can try and figure out what's going on because there's clearly something wrong with the Eagles offense at the moment. And in particular with the play calling and quarterback of uh, play of Carson Wentz. So hopefully we can just sort of try and talk about it. There's no real structure to this. We're going to sort of just go back and forth and give our two cents and try and figure out what actually is going on how it's possible that a quarterback can play that badly against that bad a defence. And I think the interesting thing about yesterday was for the first time this season, you don't have the excuse of surrounding talent. I think that's always been a legitimate excuse as well. I think it is a legit excuse. And for what it's worth, I don't think the talent was brilliant yesterday. I think Greg Wall was fine. I don't like him as much as some. I think Goddard was not healthy. They still haven't got Sanders. However, it's an acceptable playing cast around you with Fulgham, who looks the real deal. Rager, who's obviously a first round pick against a very bad secondary. Um, right. So, and a reasonably good offensive line. They were okay. Jason Peters was really good last night, as he often is when he's not injured. Um, Mylata was fine. Kelsey was good. The guards struggled. It wasn't a disaster. So I think it's the first time we can properly evaluate Wentz with actual players around him. And just it, the mistakes, the lack of seeing the field, the sacks he's taking at the moment he just looks like a player who is really really at sea and um yeah I've got so many things to say and I'll let you get in but I think a lot of it comes down to coaching and I think you said before off you said off air um about accountability it just seems like someone has to be held accountable for this and I don't know who it will be but things have to change if this team has got any chance of figuring something out uh, this season Right. The name of this episode, we're going to have to name it is accountability. It's time to be held accountable for how you play. And Carson Wentz has to be accountable for how he plays. He leads the league in turnovers. This this defense he played against could have forced turnovers to save their lives. And yet they had four last night against what we believe to be a top 10 caliber quarterback in the NFL. He's just not what we expected Carson Wentz to be in 2020. Have you, has he had moments of great play, absolutely. Has is it a legitimate excuse that his weapons aren't the grip at the best at times? One hundred percent. Is his offensive line being banged up and not really being a cohesive unit for the whole entire duration of the season so far? An issue. You got it, bud. But at the end of the day, when you are a top ten caliber quarterback, when you are 
paid to be a franchise quarterback when it's well known the Eagles go as far as Carson Wentz takes them. He is supposed to be their best player on the team, is playing the way that he's playing this season, especially against a defense like that. Because it's not like it was just like a normal bad defense. This is a historically bad defensive unit. I I don't have any excuses for Carson Wentz this week, my friend. I Like you said, Dallas Goddard clearly was not 100%. Clearly. His routes, he looked slow on. He looked hobbled, running back to the huddle. But Richard Rodgers has been playing well. So you do have a contributor at tight end. Jalen Rager, to me, and Ed Cross, our Eagles insider, said it himself on the on the uh, the preview show. Jalen Rager has been in cardio. He's been in training. He's been practicing. He just hasn't been catching. The catching wasn't the issue last night. And I know the last pass breakup in the end zone, a lot of people think that Jalen Rager should have caught that. I think it was a better play by Anthony Brown, to be honest with you. I think Anthony Brown did everything he could to pass, uh, break up that pass. But Jalen Rager looked like, he wasn't missing any time. He he ran fine. He looked good, I thought. The stats won't show for it. I think the quarterback play has a lot to go into why the stats won't show for it. But he looked like he he looked fine. He looked like he was ready to be inserted that offense. And then only that, Travis Fogel, once again, plays to the capabilities of wide receiver one. He, he's putting one of the better NFL wide receivers this season without even playing the whole entire season. So, and like you said, the offensive line, I thought Jason Peters, that was the best game of his season last night so far this season. Jordan Mulata, first first drive, got beat by Demarcus Lawrence, had to settle in against, you know, Demarcus Lawrence has been struggling uh, sack production-wise as of late, but he's still a great player. He's still he's the best player on that Dallas defense. And Jordan Mulata's making, what, his first career start at right tackle? I know he's filled in there, but that was his first career start at right tackle. I thought he played well. I thought he played, played way better than Andre Diller played at right tackle, I'll tell you right now. Nate Herbig, back-to-back rough rough starts. Just going to call it what it is. Still good enough. Matt Pryor, you you obviously know how we all feel about him. But at this point, you obviously see that why the Eagles didn't go to him immediately at right guard. Still, he's not that bad against the run. My thing is, your quarterback is struggling. Your run game was working. Why, like, why lean off of it? I, I, I don't understand. Can we, what tell you what, let's, let's, let's come back to that in a few minutes. Let, let's focus on Wentz now. Although we're going to jump. Around. Is, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. I am going all over the place. Let me, let me. You're right. Let me stick to Carson. I Wentz. do want to mention Absolutely. that a bit, though. I do want to mention that a bit. So we'll come back to it. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to Doug in a minute. We'll get to Carson yeah. Wentz now. You're right. The four turnovers, and you and I talked about it off air. Even if he just had the two that he had, because I think the two really bad damn ones were. The fumble on the was it the fourth down conversion? I think the first fumble. Yeah, had, the first one. The first one wasn't fourth down. The first one was outside the pocket. The second fumble was the fourth down one when he got blitzed. Right, but the first one that was outside the pocket is what I'm thinking. I can't remember what down it was on, but still, nobody's there. He was hoping Dallas Goddard would shut off his block and go a little bit towards the sideline so he could throw it over there. But the guy is barreling down on you. You had no time to, to. I know Carson Woods is Houdini. He escapes sacks, and like we said multiple times on this podcast, we have to live or die by his courageous play. But come on, man! You cannot, you cannot take that turnover there. You cannot for you cannot fumble that ball right there. Uh, nobody was around that area. You're trying to get rid of it. That's how you fumble. Goddard was smothered in coverage, not pulling off like you'd hope he would. I, that, that was just awful, man. I, I I can't condone that. That's the type where you either just take the sack or you throw it away and you call the play dead. Nobody's downfield. I don't understand what he was thinking in that turnover. That one I thought was his most damning turnover. The interceptions, the, the, the one to Chavon Diggs where he makes the Diggs makes the crazy play in the end zone, that's more of Diggs than it was once, to be honest with you. The wind last night traveled that ball but it was double coverage i don't know why you throw it there i don't think the decision to throw it there was the best i think you're looking at trevon Diggs and thinking you know he's been awful this year i'm going to continue to pick on him like i was all night long but the pass sailed and went right to trevon Diggs. trevon Diggs made a great interception the second one i don't know why he throws his pass but 
the thing about Carson Wentz is that throughout the whole entire time he's been in Philadelphia, he I and I think it's a quarterback thing because I think it's you have is all around the National Football League still. Would would weather indicates how you could throw the ball, especially the deep ball, you need to play it, you need to adjust. You need to play to the, the game. I don't know why you throw that pass. And as much as we kill John Hightower, as much as the fan base kills him and something always seems to bad happen when Carson Wentz targets him on these deep balls, they have to keep John Hightower going with these deep plays. They, they've been successful. That big 50-something-yard catch against the Giants last week and then the week prior, you want to keep him rolling with that. You want John Hightower to be the wide receiver four that can give you a spark of a vertical element at some point in the game. So I understand wanting to go to him. I understand Doug. I don't understand playing him at such a minimal rate, but I understand wanting to get him involved and go to these, these deep passes, but you have to understand the wind. I mean, John Hightower lost that ball completely. And I know, I know we kill him for his ball tracking, but I don't necessarily on that exact deep pass blame him for losing that ball. But if I'm Carson, I don't throw that pass. I just don't do it. I, I, I don't know. 120-some passing yards, four turnovers against that caliber of defense is damning. It just is. It's a historically bad unit. Mike Nolan is, I think, the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's worse than Jim Schwartz. Absolutely. I think he's absolutely the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL. That that team doesn't even want to play. That Dallas team doesn't even want to play for that coaching staff. And you play that down to that defense? I think Carson wants to take this bye week off and just really just reflect on his play this season because this team would be a lot better than three, four and one. If Carson Wentz was a lot better. And that's just the facts of it. He is the leader of this team. He is the franchise quarterback of this team. He goes as far. This team goes as far as Carson Wentz takes him. You need to be playing better than you have been. No preseason, no real chemistry built with these wide receivers will affect you. An offensive line that continues to reshuffle will, will affect you. Absolutely. But come on. We hail Carson Wentz as his top 10 quarterback. Some in Philly hail him as a top five. You, you could use all these excuses all you want. The, the fact of the matter is, number 11 needs to play better. And number 11 in 2020 is playing at a level that we've never seen him play before. Yeah, so let, let's touch on that because I didn't want to jump in there. I wanted you just to go off because I know you weren't happy. Um, the, the problem with Wentz is, right, is that he's not a rookie. He's not a one-year quarterback. We've got a huge sample size at this point. And the Eagles have a huge sample size. They give them a big contract. And by the way, not we want to get into this now, but go and look at his contract. The Eagles aren't getting out of it next year. Like, so Wentz is going to play quarterback for a while, whether people like it or not, okay? And the problem is now people start to have questions over their previous film. This happens all the time. When someone has a bad year, we're seeing it with Alshon Jeffrey now. People go, Alshon Jeffrey was never actually that good. Well, no, Alshon Jeffrey isn't very good now, but he was really good. Carson Wentz is not very good now, but he was very, very good in 2017. He showed a hell of a loss of promise as a rookie. He was very good last year based on what he had around him. And even the much maligned 2018 season coming off an ACL, if you look at him from a purely statistical point of view, um, his numbers are good. So people can say what they want about Carson Wentz and about well, maybe he actually just sucks. But essentially, Wentz has regressed massively okay we were talking off air about his i was talking about his interception rate people assume now that Wentz basically just gets picked all the time i've seen it i saw bgn had a post earlier on saying sort of carson Wentz gets comparisons to Jameis winston there's no comparison between the two carson Wentz's is average interception rate is i said to you about 1.7 percent which is historically good in the top 10 of all time Jameis winston is at about 3.7 percent which is significantly significantly worse but this year, Wentz is at 3.9%, which is basically double his normal rate. The highest he's ever been was 2.3% his rookie season. And apologies for throwing lots of numbers on the podcast because I know they're difficult to follow. But the sense is Wentz is clearly worse this year. He played very well, in my opinion, against the Ravens and Steelers in a tough game with basically nothing around him. But I think that even says to what Wentz is about a little bit. However... However, we know Wentz has very special traits in terms of movement arm strength. We know all that. We know that Wentz can throw with velocity. We kn- that actual pick by Rager, the f- deep throw to Rager that Diggs uh, picked off. Stupid decision. <laughs> unbelievable throw. Like, the velocity on that ball was unbelievable. We know Wentz has has always had the confidence in the past uh, to be aggressive, to turn it loose, which is why it's worrying today that he didn't turn it loose. 
there's a fourth down when he's staring right at two wide open receivers and doesn't turn it loose, which is weird. What Wentz is not is Wentz is not a precise ball pla- ball placement thrower who is going to hit seventy percent uh, completion percentage. That's not who he is. So people saying, "Oh, Wentz doesn't do that." I don't care. I don't care if Wentz throws high two out twice a game, three times a game. I've accepted it. You know what? That Trayvon Diggs interception today. I don't care. But Wentz will make plays like that. I can live with that. He's that kind of player. He will hold the ball too long at times. What I can't deal with is the first fumble. That I can't deal with because it's so stupid. Coaches, whoever, it doesn't matter. It's just dummy. And it makes you wonder, you mentioned accountability. Someone has to get on him with that. That is it. The other thing that is an issue is mechanics. And mechanics are one of these things, right, that no one likes to talk about. And there's a reason why no one likes to talk about mechanics. It's because no one understands quarterback mechanics. There's about three people on Twitter, Mark Schofield being one, who adequately understand quarterback mechanics. And the other problem with quarterback mechanics are, and it's a bit of a tangent about mechanics here, is you don't know how he's being coached. None of us do. We don't know what he's being told. Um, I can live with bad quarterback mechanics if the results are fine. It's a bit results over process. I can live with it. However, I think right now, mechanics are making him worse in areas that people aren't seeing. Now, for example, I haven't mentioned this to you, so I'm the first time saying this. Go and watch, uh, anyone listening to the podcast now, go and watch the fourth down play where Wentz gets sacked and fumbled. People say, why doesn't he throw to Greg Ward and Jalen Rager when they're standing right in front of him? Pause it when Wentz takes the snap and look at his feet they're, about, they're like a two feet apart. He's not set. He's not set to throw the ball. The reason why he's not throwing it is not because he's blind and he can't see two wide open receivers. It's because he's not set. His, foot, his footwork is all over the place at the moment. It's all over the place. And this is not defending Carson Wentz. But whoever is dealing with him on the coaching staff, and this is even about Doug. We'll come on to Doug in a minute. I'm talking at a micro level. Doug is not responsible for Wentz's quarterback mechanics. He's a head coach. Doug has to run the whole ship. That is not Doug's job. Doug's job is lots of things, but he's not responsible for Wentz's mechanics at every point. You have a quarterback coach who is meant to do that, and he's not being coached. He is not being coached right now. And if he's not being coached completely, I don't want to bench him, but sit him for a drive, sit him for a half a game just to prove that you're not going to take it. But also, right, this is my point, my general point, is when people talk about, oh, he doesn't want to be coached, it's in his DNA. We've seen Wentz be coached before and have very good responses. You think Wentz is happy with his footwork being terrible and taking a sack on fourth down and fumbling? Of course he's not happy. He's not that much of an idiot. I don't want to be coached. I'm too good for that. He's not an idiot. He's not clueless. Look at his numbers. He looks at them after the game. He knows his numbers are bad. He came out after this game and says, I need to be better. He's come out after every game this year and said, I need to be better. So I don't believe that Wentz is so arrogant that he is telling the coaching staff, you know what? You can't improve my footwork. I'm not listening to you. There is obviously a problem with what is being said outside of what we can't see with how he's being coached. Whether he's being asked to do something different to what he's done at the start of his career with his footwork, we don't know. But Wentz is not, and I will repeat and shout this to the cows coming, Wentz is not a bad quarterback. Wentz, throughout a five-year period, is a good quarterback. And people may not want to hear this now because they'll go back and say, oh yeah, but he got in. Go and look at basically any quarterback ranking series before the season. I'm not talking Eagles fans. I'm talking objective NFL analysis. Even Sian Farney, whatever, the, uh, the random Irish guy that no one follows anymore because blocked everyone. Even he had Wentz at like 16, I think. And he literally hates Wentz more than anyone's ever hated anyone ever. Even he had him as, as an average quarterback. NFL.com, Chris Wrestling got a lot of time for. I think had him at seven or eight. Pro Football Focus had him like 12 or top. He was, he's gone from a top 12 quarterback based on basically every single metric. We were discussing, is he top eight? Is he top 12? He was a top 15 by basically any single metric. Look at QBR, look at PFF, look at any uh, observer of quarterback play. He's a top 12, 15 quarterback, and he's currently playing like a bottom five starting quarterback in the NFL, which again raises the question, is he just suddenly bad or are there reasons why he is playing bad? And I have quite a lot of things that I think are standing out to me, but is there anything in particular with today and not just on mechanics that you think that's why he's not playing well? Like what reasons can we have? Because quarterbacks don't just become bad. 
it doesn't like happen. He's got too big of a sample size. So rather than calling, oh, let's just bench Wentz and draft. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have a top 20 pick next year. Jalen Hurts probably isn't going to be any better, almost certainly. He's a second round pick with a hell of a long way to go. Carson Wentz has got a contract that means the dead cap the next two years. I think I'm right in saying this. I looked it up before. The dead cap next year is insane. And the dead cap the year after is pretty incredible as well. So he's your quarterback. The coaching staff have to figure out how to get him better. So what are they doing wrong? What am I missing? Why is he playing so badly at the moment? I'm sorry for going on a massive rant there. I've got a few reasons myself. Is there anything that stands out to you in particular about why he's not playing well, as well as the obvious? They don't have a coach on this coaching staff that can hold him accountable and help him get better. They don't have one. Marty Morningwork, awful play caller. Rich Gangarello, awful play caller. Doug Peterson, very inconsistent play caller. Doug Peterson, backup quarterback in this league. Press Taylor, really don't know what he's doing here. Rich Gangarello has not improved quarterback's play. Morning, morning, wake. When they made the switch from morning, wake to Greg Roman in Baltimore, light and day difference. They were such a much better, much better offense. They don't have the coach in place to help the quarterback. That's the point. Doug Peterson, great leader of men, deserves to be the head coach of this team. I'm not firing Doug Peterson. Does he need another play caller in this building? Does he need the... Carson Wentz's footwork has regressed every season since John D. Filippino left the building. It's just the truth. And John holds quarterbacks to a level that I don't believe anyone on this staff does. I think everyone in this building, this Eagles organization, including the coaching staff, especially the coaching staff, but I also believe from a high Roseman standpoint to a Jeff Leary standpoint, 110% believes in Carson Wentz. I think, this second round pick of Jalen Hurts has skewed so many football minds. It has skewed so many football fans' minds because they took a quarterback that high. They took a quarterback that high because they wanted to get the most talented backup quarterback they could possibly get at the most affordable rate they could possibly get him at. That is the 100% point behind the Jalen Hurts pick. They did not pick him to replace Carson Wentz. They did not pick him to bench Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, after playing one year of actual, natural throwing quarterback play in Oklahoma Lincoln Riley system, is not prepared to step onto the field his rookie season and be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. He's just not ready yet. And this coaching staff will not make him ready to do so either. They need to – I look, I'm just going to name drop here. He's a friend of the show. He's going to be coming on the show. He's been on the show with Giovanni. We're, I'm good friends with Nick Ertz, and he tells me everything. He literally is an open book. He doesn't believe because he, he goes to church with Zach, Carson, Zach's family, Carson's family, and Press Taylor go to church together. So he feels like he has a good enough understanding of Press Taylor's and Carson Wentz's relationship. And he said it to me, and I cannot forget it, is that Press Taylor answers to Carson Wentz, not the other way around. Can't happen in the NFL. I'm sorry. It just can't happen in the NFL. Josh McDaniels and, and Tom Brady used to blow up at each other on the sidelines. Uh, that's just one example. There's many other examples that we could use. I, I think Russell Wilson and, and, and Pete Carroll, I don't think they have a buddy-buddy relationship at all. And I think that helps them. Everybody in this organization fully entrusts Carson Wentz that if he plays bad, eh, he'll get out of it. He'll get better. He's Carson Wentz. Can't think that anymore. It's the NFL. That's not how it works. When somebody is in a rut or when somebody's mechanics are regressing, you need to lean on coaching to help you get to that point. They just don't have that coach on the raw. And that's a shame. It's, it's, it would have fall from grace. We're, we're in 2017, at the end of the 2017 season, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. We're talking about Doug Pearson and a dynasty that he could potentially start with the Philadelphia Eagles. The first head coach in Eagles history to win the Lombardi Trophy. We think the most highly of him. Many of us still do. I do. But the truth of the matter is, when you take away a Frank Reich, when you take away a John D. Filippino, Doug Pearson has been exposed. And the the one the funny thing I thought after watching this game is wow Mike Groh really must be laughing at the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Mike Groh was the scapegoat of this team, and nothing has changed. Nothing has looked different since they fired Mike Groh's offensive coordinator. That's a problem. 
that's a problem. I think right now during this bye week, Jeffrey Lurie, High Roseman, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz all need to individually by themselves sit down, reflect, look in the mirror and say what we think of this team, what we think of our guys isn't what it is right now. And we need to change something. And I'm telling you right now, you need to grab Doug Peterson. You need to warm him up to the idea of adding another play caller. I know he loves it. I know he wants full control of it. Look, the guy went toe-to-toe with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with his backup quarterback, and he beat them. That was an offensive juggernaut game from the Philadelphia Eagles in that Super Bowl. Why would you want to take away play calling from that guy? I absolutely understand why he feels that way. But he's not the same play caller anymore. I think the people say this all the time. I used to think there was such an overblown thing. And after talking to Ed Cross, after talking to Nick Ertz, after talking to a scout on the team that I'm friends with, the truth of the matter is Frank Reich and Doug Peterson were hand in hand. And it was a, it wasn't Doug Peterson's Philadelphia Eagles. It was Doug Peterson and Frank Wright's Philadelphia Eagles offense. And the fact that they would run, make the script together every night before the game, be attached at the hip, come into the building at the same time. Doug Peterson hired Frank Reich. It wasn't Jeffrey Lurie. It wasn't Harry Rose. It was, it was Doug Peterson that brought Frank Reich in. Doug needs, you need to sit down with Doug this offseason and you need to say, Doug, I, you can be involved in the interviewing process, the offensive coordinators, but we need to bring somebody from the outside in and they need to be your next Frank Reich. And he needs to accept it because they need to get Carson Wentz to play better. And nobody on this coaching staff is capable of doing so. I think Carson Wentz will turn around with his natural God-given talent. I do believe he's the franchise quarterback of this team. I do believe he'll play better. But my concern is how do you get Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz played great last year. Did he have moments of not playing? Well, absolutely. But he played fairly well given the circumstances last year. This year, he's played at a level that we've never been accustomed to before. He's played turnover the ball at a rate that we've never been accustomed to before. Even in college, he was never really big at turning the ball over. They need to reevaluate. They need to understand, like you said, they married themselves to Carson once. They could, this organization thinks completely highly Carson Wentz. This is their guy. When your guy is starting to fail, you don't bail on your guy. You yeah. help your guy. And that's yeah. what they need to do. Obviously they need to, this coaching staff is not going to get it done. This offensive coaching staff is, I want to say, I don't want to say hundred percent the problem behind Carson Wentz's regression, but it is aiding Carson Wentz's regression yeah. by allowing him to continue to be himself and hope that he turns it around by just his God given ability. Yeah, let me talk about that a little bit more as well, because scheme is a big part of this. Because when you talk about coaches at the moment, I think actually they've got too many coaches with two different approaches. I think we all got excited by Rich Gangrello. Too many, yeah, too many but, coaches, not many play callers. Exactly, but it's also different. There's only so much you can do. NFL teams, it's, it's difficult for us that aren't coaches. We go, why doesn't every team do You know, why is Cole Shanahan so good? Why is Jared Goff and the Rams offense? Not yesterday, but why is Sean McVay normally so good? Because you have a staple. You have a staple concepts that you go back to, and you get to those concepts that have different looks to confuse coordinators. Then you add to it. Last year, the Eagles offense was dry, and they needed different designs. And this year, they've done a lot more Rich Gangarello stuff. There's a lot more sort of jet sweep action. There's a lot more uh, under center. Wentz isn't particularly good from play action, I don't think, by the way, personally, but that's just the part. They've also introduced more shot plays. They've introduced more deep throws to John Hightower because they didn't have any deep players last year. But the offense has now become expanded. But what they've sort of forgotten how to do is they don't run their base concepts anymore. Like, I was looking at this game last night because I got to watch this game quite in depth because even though it was a, for me, it was a morning game. So I could just watch it on record and replay every play I wanted to watch back. And I'm thinking, the Eagles offense like three years ago, what was the staples of the Eagles offense? I'm talking quite sort of quite scheme-based here. But you're looking at flood. You're looking at three-level stretch where they'd send Torrey Smith on a vertical route. They'd put Zach Ertz on like a deep out and you'd have a running back on a short out. And you'd have what we call a three-level stretch or flood. They'd run dagger a lot. Uh, me and Tyler Jackson, my former podcast buddy, if he's listening, will know I'm going to talk about Dagger because we love Dagger. They ran it all the time. Very simple route. Your slot receiver runs downhill. Your outside receiver runs a deep in. They don't do it anymore. When was the last time this team ran Dagger? Uh, you don't see it. The other thing I used to always do was mesh. I used to love mesh. Mesh with Will. You saw Boston Scott catch the Will route last week. Again, 
where's those crossing routes? What Wentz is really good at, and you have to look at, actually, last night, did he do some things well? Yes. Touchdown pass to Travis Fulgham, really nice. Throw to Travis Fulgham before the first touchdown in the corner of the end zone, really nice. His ball placement in between 10 and 20 yards is very good. The coaching staff is not calling any plays <laughs> between 10 and 20 yards. It's short check down curls on spacing concepts or it's shot plays. There's like no in between. I don't know whether it's Doug. I don't know whether it's Rich Gangarello's influence. Because by the way, go and look at the 49ers. They don't use the intermediate game. They don't have to. It's all short. That's the way Cole Shanahan is. But that's the way the 49ers are. It's not the way Wentz is. Wentz is not a good fit for that scheme. He's not Jared Goff. He's not um Jimmy Garoppolo. He needs... Five step drops, he needs intermediate routes, tight ends over the middle of the field, big bodies in the middle. We used to say we had too many big bodies. Oh, we say Goddard, Ertz, JJ Thigawasat, Alshon, they're all too good in the middle of the field. Now we just don't use the middle of the field. It's Greg Ward from a five yard slant. It's Jalen Rager catching screen passes or shot plays. There's nothing in between. The only in between throw they throw is outside the numbers, which is Travis Fulgham just basically being a guy for the line of scrimmage and throwing it straight to him. There's, there's like so, so little. You don't see dagger. You don't see mesh. Like these concepts are like gone. The three level stretch doesn't exist at the moment. I don't really understand what they're doing schematically. And I'm trying to figure out. I said this whole point of this podcast, the whole point of what the Eagles need to do is they need to figure out why Wentz is not good enough because Wentz is going nowhere. He's paid a lot and he's also very good. For the let's just get rid of the Wentz crowd. Okay, great. Go and get your next franchise quarterback picking at twenty then. I mean, what? Like, they're hard to get. They're not there in free agency. If you want to go and get one in free agency, you can go and have Kirk Cousins because that's as big as a free agent as make it. The other way of getting it is in the draft. And guess how you get him in the draft? You draft them one or two overall. The Eagles cannot be in QB purgatory. They cannot be in... It's horrible. They cannot do that. And the good news is, when we talk about QB purgatory, we talk about Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, um, Jimmy G, and, and who else? Like, people like that. That's what we talk about with QB purgatory. The reason why they're QB purgatory is because there is no way of those quarterbacks getting better. They are physically limited. Andy Dalton has a physical limitation to his skill set. He cannot get better. The Eagles are not stuck there because Wentz is not that. Wentz does have the physical ability to be very, very good. So we've got to get it out of him. I don't know how the coaching staff are going to do this, but they have got to get him more comfortable because it's not that he's suddenly clueless. It's because his mechanics are off and because he's not trusting what he's seeing. And they need to simplify things to an extent and bring back some concepts that he's used to doing. Because I'll give you an example as well. I made a note of this yesterday. Those rollout plays on the goal line that we run to Greg Ward, Wentz is brilliant at them. They are not easy throws. You know the ones I mean. Take the snap, roll out, bang, corner of the end zone. Uh, I think we scored a touchdown. Um to Greg Ward last week. There was definitely a play today that I made a note of it. I can't even remember who was the play, but the timing was excellent. In fact, you know what? I do remember a crossing play. I do remember Mesh once. Two-point conversion to Jalen Rager. And guess what? It worked. They caught Rager going across the formation. But that is an example of Wentz. He's very comfortable. You tell Wentz to roll out, fire it to the out route, bang, he's good at that. We need to sort of remember what Wentz is good at. He's a big arm quarterback. He's not actually the best deep ball thrower. He's not the best. His timings, he's okay, he's average. He made a great deep ball to Jalen Rager week one this year. He threw a beautiful deep ball with John Hightower drop last week. He also, no, two weeks ago, he also threw a, a very, very good deep ball to John Hightower last week that he caught. But he's not his strength. I think in reality, Wentz probably struggles at times to get backside with his reads. But also, I go back to week one of his first ever game. He hits Jordan Matthews on a backside deep dig route that most quarterbacks aren't even getting to. He read the three-level stretch, came off it, got back. And that was his first ever game in the NFL. This guy was a good prospect coming out. He was should have been the number one pick, but luckily the Rams needed Goff for a very specific reason, so I get it. But Wentz was... A very, very good prospect. You're not finding many quarterbacks that are better than Wentz coming out in the future, especially not picking a pick 20. They've got to find a way to fix the guy. And this is where I'm sort of tying it in with Doug because I mentioned it previously. They've got to either simplify things. They've got to make it more obvious about what he's doing, whether they whether they go back to some RBO concepts, which just don't exist anymore. Apparently, Nick Foles is the only quarterback on the Philadelphia Eagles that can run an RPO concept. But you look at other teams, they get receivers and tight ends running down the field wide open. 
nothing we do is easy. Nothing. Even the good plays that Wentz makes are like tight window throws to Travis Fulgham. They're good timing throws. It's just off. The offense is off. The design of the offense is off. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Lots of people like to say they're trying to do too many things at once. They need to simplify what they're doing. And Doug also needs to get him in some sort of a rhythm because his play calling is awful at times. He calls plays at certain points when you're like, well, why are you doing that there and then? How is that helping? Um, and I saw someone say on Twitter, and I, I don't know if exactly true, but the wind was like 40 miles an hour yesterday. You know yourself, if you're a fantasy player, go and look, if you play DFS, at what wind does to quarterbacks and wide receivers. Their production dips. So why the hell, if it's 40 miles an hour wind, are you throwing, you're trying to run, when Wentz got sacked and fumbled, yes, he should not have fumbled, the awful one, but it was a two-man route concept shot play. Why are you running that if the wind's that bad? Why are you trying to hit John Hightower on a deep post? If the wind's that bad, he threw one earlier on to John Hightower, by the way, and John Hightower can't track a ball to save his life, unfortunately, half the time. So I don't get what the coaching staff is doing with Wentz. And please don't tweet me saying you're just an apologist for Wentz. I'm trying to figure out why Wentz can suddenly be this bad because he's not been his whole career. I'm trying to figure out. And I can only assume he is confused because they're trying to do too many things offensively. I think it's got to be a combination of him being confused by what he's asked to be doing. The coach is not holding him accountable for basic errors. Him having to feel like he has to drag the coaches. I get the feeling Wentz feels like the coaches aren't good enough and he basically has to do it himself, which is not how you want a quarterback to feel. Uh, there's things wrong with Wentz that need to be fixed. I think you're exactly right. There's got to be other coaches in his ear. But the problem is those other coaches have got to be singing from the same hinge sheet of Doug. They can't bring in just every coach who has different a, a different philosophy to Doug. Rich Ganger, they right. might sound great in practice. But in reality, it's not working. I mean, we spoke about Jalen Hurts off air. I don't want to go too deep on air. But the packages they had last night were just crap. They were free plays. There was a delay of game. There's a random run. And there's a little stupid out throw. Like, the coaching staff doesn't know how to use him. But you know oh, what? You're, ty- you're tying yeah. into my next my thoughts about this coaching Maybe staff. they don't need to use Jalen Hurts. Maybe trying to give a coaching staff that can't figure out how to use their quarterback and then telling him, by the way, when you're trying to fix your quarterback, can you also put in a 15-20 play package for your backup quarterback? It's too much. It's too much. Simplify things. You've actually got receivers now that can win. Do things that they know how to do and let Wentz actually get into a rhythm and get comfortable. Because as you noticed yesterday, it's not like Wentz is throwing high all the time. He's just not really throwing the right balls. It used to be like, oh, Wentz is reading the field perfectly. His mechanics are off though and he's sailing the ball. I'll take that now. God, I wish Wentz would just sail a few basic balls over someone's head on second and 10. I can deal with that. It's just everything's off. It's not just throwing the ball. It's the whole scheme. It's what they're trying to do. They cannot scheme intermediate plays. They simply cannot. They can't get open in the intermediate areas of the field, which is a real, real problem. It's basically a bomb or a short pass or a throw to Travis Fogham on the outside. That's it. That's the Eagles offense. That's basically right. it, in my opinion. I'm not trying to be a Wentz apologist either. I, I, I have no problem calling him out for his bad play. No issue with it whatsoever. But I think what you're saying is absolutely right. There has to be a reason for the bad play. There has to be something behind the scenes we're not seeing. I think you're hitting it on the head. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. They added Morning Morning Wigs influence on this team is the Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson 2018 wild card packages. And that's what they're doing with Jalen Hurts. Never worked in Baltimore. Was awful. Baltimore jumped at the chance to get rid of Morning Wigs for Greg Roman. Offense completely Blew up. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Rich Gangarello went from San Francisco to Denver. He was tasked with leading a Joe Flacco-led offense, which was very uninspiring, one of the worst units in the league, but completely dreadful. And then they put Drew Locke in, and it had a little bit of spark because you had a quarterback that actually can play quarterback at that point. But you were an awful play caller as well. You, you Denver took one season with you. Like, you need to understand this. That was Vic Vanjo's first year with that staff together, and it took him one year with their offensive coordinator to say, we need a different offensive coordinator. That's not good. That is not a good indication of what the the guy brings to the team. And then you're adding his San Francisco influence. You're adding Morning Morning Wings, uh, Wildcat, uh, Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick influence to this team. 
And then you're matting Doug, Doug Peterson, who doesn't want to give a play calling whatsoever. Super winning head coach. You're adding his concepts to it all. So you're adding three different offensive concepts to your to your game plans. And not only that, you didn't even have a real offseason to implement them. I think that's what it is. I think Carson Wentz is probably sitting here at this point saying, I'm not going to openly ignore my coaches when they make these play calls. I'm not going to openly not go to the reads that they want me to go to because I'm not going to get ripped in practice. I'm not going to get ripped in their quarterback meetings. But I think you're right. I think you're adding these three uh, guys with their concepts to one offense. You didn't have a real offseason to really practice or run it. You didn't have a preseason. And then you have a quarterback who – has is known to be erratic though. That's yes. the one thing about Carson Wentz. He's he known to be erratic. Be. He will be. And you're jumbling his head with all these different concepts. Yeah. And Doug Pearson was already a questionable play caller as is, even before the season Can started. Last thing on this, this is a great example. Because if you, again, if you're listening, just go back and watch this play. Go and watch the first sack fumble, where it's a horrendous play by Wentz. I get it, it's a horrendous play. But watch the play, right? This is an early play in the game. Was it the first drive? Was it that early or was it? Was it Eagles first I think drive? It was the, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, I think it was the first drive. So this is the scripted plays. Most head coaches have about 15, 10 scripted plays at the start. This is stuff you go into the week saying, right, we're going to do this. I don't blame Doug for calling a shot play against the Cowboys because they can't defend. However, you've got to understand who your quarterback is. You've got to have a plan. When you call a shot play, right, what's the plan? So a shot play doesn't work most of the time. Otherwise, everyone would run them all the time. They're a low percentage play. But if you get them, they're huge. The Eagles ran what I mean by a shot play for listeners who aren't too sure. It's basically just you run two receivers deep and then very little else. You might have a little check down route. From what I could see, and I might be wrong, the Eagles lined up in this sort of play. For a start, their running back doesn't even know what he's doing, humbly. The play action isn't even play action. (laughs) So already, this is a scripted play call. It should be, unless I'm mistaken, but it should be a scripted play call. Unless Wentz is audible to it randomly, but I doubt it because the personnel on the field suggested shot play. So you've got a shot play. Like we said before the season, from a double um, one-two personnel, you've only got two receivers on the field. So you're going to get the Cowboys to come and show single high coverage. However, they cover it perfectly. Travis Fulgham isn't through. Jalen Rager isn't free. There is nothing... Anyone can do about that. With a shot play, guess what? Sometimes the defense gets played too. Yes, the Cowboys might be bad, but they're professional NFL athletes. They read it. They stopped the shot play. Now, what do you then do? What are the coaches telling Wentz? Instantly, I'm looking, well, where's the check down? Where's the check down? I don't think there was one. I think Dallas Goddard running out to the left is just Dallas Goddard making it up as he goes along and following his quarterback. I don't think that was a built-in hot route. So then... You're telling Carson Wentz, this is what a coach should be telling him. This is what a good head coach and a good play caller. If no one is open, this is what I want you to do. The problem is he can't throw the ball away because he's in the pocket. And there's not a built-in check down. So you either tell him to like launch it 10 yards deep so no one catches it. That's I think fine. for that I think for that yeah. play though, he could have threw it away though. He, he was have. out of the pocket. No, but when he got out of the pocket, that's my plan. So before we right, even get right, out of the right. pocket, then he scrambles right, to the right. left. Right. Now, he scrambled to the left. Instantly, I'm thinking, look at the design of the play. Why the hell was Wentz scrambling to the left? Both the receivers are running the opposite side of the field, which makes me think one of two things. Either there should have been a check down there. Wentz is told to go there and just throw the ball away. So something's wrong already. Dallas Goddard drifts out to the left, but he doesn't look like he's actually receiving to me. It looks like he's just drifted. He's just sort of standing there. Wentz, I assume, wants to throw to Goddard because there's literally... He was, no he was, he was pointing to him to do yeah. this, to peel so, off. So Already, though, we're off. Because as a coach, I'm telling Wentz, if the two guys aren't there, go away and throw out of bounds. Done. Dallas Goddard shouldn't be drifting if he's not meant to. If Dallas Goddard's meant to be a check down, he should be a proper check down. It's just the play's coach like a team that is crap, basically. It's a bad play call. It's bad from Wentz. It's bad from Goddard. It's bad from the coaching staff because that shouldn't be a difficult play. If you tell Wentz as a head coach or an offensive play caller, this is what we're doing. We're running a two-man route concept. If they're not free, do not do anything else but run out of bounds and throw away. I'm pretty sure he'll do that. But there's obviously a reason why he's not. It's because Dallas Goddard's there, but Dallas Goddard isn't even an option. So there's no point in him being there. He'd be much better off not being there if he's actually not a proper option on that play. If Dallas Goddard is meant to drift left, he needs to look like he wants to catch the ball because he didn't. It was just so wrong. Like, and I'm just sitting there thinking, this is a scripted play call. Wentz is not a complete idiot. If you tell him, if no one's open, run out of bounds and throw it away. But I don't even get why he's drifting to the left. I don't get it. 
if it's a scripted play especially, is a basic shot play. Every team runs shot plays. I want to know, and we don't know this because we never will, because unfortunately we don't have access to this stuff. What does the Eagles coaching staff tell Wentz to do when a shot play breaks down? The most obvious thing to do is quickly get out and throw the ball away. That seems that's the most obvious thing to do. Or take a sack. Wentz obviously doesn't want to take a sack. You don't want to take a sack every time you run a shot play and it doesn't work because then, as I said, it's a low percentage play. He's got to know what to do there. Either throw it like 10 yards out of bounds, but so a receiver's near, so you don't get um, intentional grounding, or scramble and find a check down or something. But that play call just suggests that what Doug is saying and what Wentz is doing are two different things. It tells me there's disconnect from the coaching staff and the quarterback because there is absolutely no way Wentz should ever be rolling out left on that play that was called, ever. So either Wentz is a complete and utter idiot who is rolling out like he's never run a play in his life, or something's gone wrong. The running back's meant to be there, and he's not. Something's just wrong. It's wrong. You watched him as much as I did at North Dakota State, so I could fully... Like trust talking about yeah. this with you, but that's 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 who he is. He will play out of structure. He is so yeah. convinced that he can make plays happen out of structure that you're going to get that no matter what. But I you think know what, then? And, build into it, build into it. Right. Have someone there. Make Dallas run an actual route. Don't have some right. random half check down. Thing. And here's exactly that's what I'm talking about. Accept who he is. Accept it. And that's my point. I think they're complacent with who he is instead of helping. Yes. who he is yes. because they're saying you know 50 percent of the time he actually makes those plays i'll take those odds and then they just shrug their shoulders which isn't good because enough. you can't you can't tell me the coaches are are ripping him or or getting on him for this stuff if he continuously to do, does it since he's been in the nfl uh, the most the most time i saw carson Wentz in structure was 2017 and that's when he had Frank Reich yeah, can I just say one thing as well, though? Wentz is an aggressive player, and I think you're right. He does make very good plays out of structure. That fumble is not a standard Carlton Wentz fumble. I oh. actually remember, bizarrely, if you go on VGN and type in my name, you'll probably find this. 2017, there was a lot of talk about Wentz fumbling. And I wrote a – because Wentz has always fumbled a lot his career. But I wrote a whole article breaking down every single Wentz fumble. And very few of them were his fault. They were sort of dodgy handoffs or hit from behind where the offensive line got beat. That fumble yesterday was not a normal NFL quarterback play. That was a He's play. Get rid of the ball. That was a play where just everything was wrong. The quarterback has no idea what he's doing. Whether he just literally has been told not to throw the ball, it, do, it just doesn't make sense. That play. I don't know what Dallas Goddard's doing. I don't know what the running back's doing. I don't know why he's ever considered in his brain. Let's run to the left when the root concepts are not going that way. Maybe he's been told to run to the left. And then well, when he scrambles, Goddard will follow him. But in which case, don't do that. Don't give your quarterback an option to run to the left. Either give him a really obvious check down or just tell him it's a two-man route concept. If they're not open, throw it away. Done. Don't give him the option. Of, but actually, maybe go left. And maybe Dallas Goddard will be there. Or maybe you can beat a man. Don't, I don't want to know. Know who you thing, have Know who you have. And- and they're not facing that there because the week prior he throws across the field to Travis Fogum that could have easily yes. been an interception, but it almost oh. but it almost worked. And I think when you're looking at from a coaching staff, they might have think, well, that play almost worked. Well, let's just let him continue to do it I, yeah. because you don't see that improvement. You don't see him playing it a little bit safer. You don't see him playing a little bit more in structure. And I I mean I know that it sounds silly just to sit here just complaining about a coaching staff. It's both of their faults. It's not just the coaching staff. Like Carson Wentz does not play like this. Yeah, he does at any level has he even in North Dakota State he has not played like this. So yeah. as much as you because now I I feel like if I'm a listener to this podcast, maybe even for the first time, it sounds like from my perspective at least I've been talking about the coaching staff a lot. Yeah, and I want to make that known right now. I do blame the coaching staff absolutely, but I also blame Carson Wentz on top of it. It can, yes, it, what, it's look, both. It, this is one my player. Point, pretty quickly, this is my point, right? It's both. The problem is when you have a quarterback, right? Is that coaches are really you can replace an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach easily. You can fire Press Taylor tomorrow. You can't get rid of Wentz easily. People might want no. us to do, but you can't. And if you do, you're probably going to get worse for a long time, and you might not get better for five, six years. You Basically, NFL quarterbacks are, come down to one decision only. Can you win a Super Bowl with him? That's all you decide. In my opinion, people might call me crazy. 
yes, you can with Wentz because he's good enough to win it. Therefore, the next step is, I'm not saying he's not he's figuring out how to maximise him. I'm not saying Wentz is playing well. Wentz was absolutely awful yesterday and has been at times this year and in the past. However, the coaching staff and Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have got to figure out how do we make him better. And in my opinion, the most obvious thing to do is not, I'm not saying fire Doug because I think Doug's a good head coach, but I think Doug is more of an overseer, of like a motivator, of not a, not a, he comes up with a few good plays here and there, but he's not a great play caller. He's not a great play designer. He's fine. They need better, maybe not more cooks in the kitchen, but some better cooks in the kitchen. Because ever since Bruce Taylor's been there, he's got worse. He hasn't got better with Marty Morningweg, who's meant to be a QB specialist. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Marty Morningweg was purely brought in for Jalen Hurts, which is a ridiculous point in itself. But the coaching staff have got to realise who Wentz is. They've got to simplify things for him and they've got to make it easier. Wentz is not as good as other quarterbacks in the league. They can do their own thing. And I'm a big Wentz believer. I think Wentz has got star ability. I think he's got great playmaking ability, but I think they need to reel him in and they need to use concepts he's comfortable with. They need to get the ball out of his hands quickly and they need to do things that help him and I don't think running a shot play as a scripted play in a windy day with two route concepts is a great way of maximizing Carson Wentz's talent. I think if you're going to run that play, I need to know there is an exact element of what Wentz should be doing next. And you know what? If Wentz is ignoring everything he's being told, then I'm completely wrong. But I don't believe Wentz is simply going, I don't care. The coaching staff are telling me not to run left, but I'm going to run left even though no one's there. There's obviously, I would assume, Dallas Goddard was meant to be there. And that's where I think, well, don't even give him the option. Don't even give your quarterback the option. And that's me being negative about Wentz. I don't trust him. I don't trust him to roll to his left at this stage in his career. I can deal with Wentz missing the occasional receiver high. I can deal with the occasional interception. But throughout his whole career, he's not a guy who gets picked a lot. He's not. And before people tweet me saying, yeah, look at his interception percentage in college and in NFL, he's not. He's actually very low turnover quarterback in terms of interceptions. This year, he's thrown 12. Now, some of them have been end of game. There is something wrong. There is something wrong. I mean, the Eagles don't even officially have an offensive coordinator, do they? I mean, that sort of sums it up. It's like it doesn't – it's just weird. It's just – I I just don't I, – I think what you said is just right. And we've been saying it all offseason long and so is multiple other outlets. The too many cooks in the kitchen thing is a legit thing. And I, I, like you said, they're not good cooks. I, I My thing is your, your top 10 caliber quarterback who's very talented. This game against Dallas is not going to change my whole – one game is not going to maybe completely throw the towel when Carson Wentz – not even the stretch of these games so far, because I think he will turn around. He has the talent to turn around, people. He's shown you multiple times. He's a talented quarterback. I fully believe he has the talent to turn around. But my thing is, I don't know if he understands what the offense is. And if your quarterback doesn't understand what the exactly, offense God, is, exactly. how can you expect him to play well? Exactly. No that quarterback. Yes. And if he doesn't understand it, by the way, that can still be us criticizing Wentz by saying he should be understanding it. However, if he's not, do something different. That's my point. Sometimes when I sort of defend Wentz, people assume it's because I'm being pro-Wentz. That's not a pro-Wentz take. Wentz is not good enough to play without good coaches. Most NFL quarterbacks are. Go and look at people like Derek Carr this year, who has such a clear understanding of John Gruden's system. Ryan Tannehill, although not yesterday. There are some quarterbacks that just seem to have a great understanding of the system. I don't get the system. And I'm a film nerd who watches Zero 22 every week and has done for seven, eight years. And someone says to me, describe the Eagles system. Well, they run, I don't know. What is their system? Are they a zone-locking team? There, man? They do a bit of everything. They do like, I mean, Rich Gangarello comes from Carl Shanahan, that scheme of thought. That scheme of thought is your game is the running game. The running game is more important than the passing game. But Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid school of thought, which is the complete opposite, which is you throw the ball to win and you run as like a compliment most of the time. And they don't run passing plays off their running game. So it's not a Rich Gangarello offense in that sense. They're not like the Rams where they run like reduced split and they run a lot of sort of outside zone. Then they run the outside zone and they keep it with the play action. You know, they don't run that. They don't run those sort of run fakes. They don't do that stuff much at all. So it's not Rich Gangarello. It looks like he's got a bit of Marty Morningweg in there because there's a couple of Jalen Hurts plays everything. We saw a little bit of Greg Ball trickery. But for the most part, it's just a bit of a random offense. There's no rhythm. 
There's no design that I can see. There's no play that carries over from one week to the next. I don't look at this and go, right, they've done that well next week. Let's see them build on that. Basically, I said earlier on, the only two things they've done that right, I think, are the Travis Fulgham throwing it to him on a, on a go route on the outside, great, and those little rollout plays on the goal line. They're like staples. The other staples they used to have was Zach Ertz running these little out and in routes, whatever you want to call them, angle routes, whatever you call them. He was brilliant at them. They run them on the goal line like all the time. They don't do that anymore. They threw a fade ball to Hakeem Butler last week. He's now been cut. Like, I don't get what the coaching staff are trying to do. And I think that is making Wentz more confused and making him worse. And that is not me defending Wentz. That's me trying to figure out why Wentz is sucking. And that's all I can suggest. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think he understands. Pro athletes are good. Any sport, anything. Pro athletes are all talented. The ones that are very talented are the ones that play and have an understanding of what they're being asked to do. When you understand what you're doing and it becomes second nature, it's easy. To me, everything is a struggle at the moment. Everything. Wentz doesn't have a clear sort of way of playing. There's not an obvious staple of the offence. And I think it's the same in the running game, not just the passing game. And the running game's been inconsistent this year. Yes, they've had injuries, but some weeks they're running a lot of sort of power plays. Then the next week, they're not really running a lot of zone read. And I get it because the who the running backs, who the offensive linemen are, they can't do certain things. But the whole offence just seems murky. It just seems a bit odd. Go and watch like the Chiefs and you know what you're going to get every week. Oh, there's the Andy Reid screenplay. Oh, there's a shovel pass to Travis Kelsey. Oh, we, you know what you're going to get. You don't know what you're getting with this offense. And I think it's a coaching staff issue. It's a quarterback issue. Um, it's a draft pick issue, by the way, because I don't think Jalen Hurts is a positive on this franchise at all. And I'm sorry because he seems a lovely guy and it's not his fault. But it, do I want the coaching staff spending... X amount of hours a week trying to figure out a way to get Jalen Hurts on the game plan. No, I don't care. It's not worth the hassle. Focus on your actual franchise quarterback and doing stuff that will help him, not a random quarterback who comes in for three plays yesterday. Three. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, basically. I'm confused as any fan is. And I think they need to simplify things. They need to get, you said earlier on, some different coaches in. I would have no problem with firing a quarterback coach mid-season if you think you can get someone else in who's available to help you out because it's not working. It's not good enough. No. Uh, I like what you said, though, to, and we're going to end it on this. I, I'm i not defending Carson Wentz when I call out the code for him to say that he might not understand the offense. Like, that's your five and your top 10 caliber quarterback is what we presume you are – Tough, even top 15, you need to be better than this. And every single there's new heck, there's new coaching staffs for the love of Christ around the NFL that had to deal with the COVID effects, just like the Philadelphia Eagles did. To use these excuses of the COVID stuff, I, I can't. I can't. Like it's just it's every team went through these circumstances. So I understand you have all these new players. I understand you have all this new concepts and all these new coaches and trying to implement them on the fly and Carson Wentz needs to be better. The coaching staff needs to be better. And that's just point blank. It's both. It's both, people. We're, we can definitely criticize both. It's absolutely fair. And not one person is responsible for three, four, and one. It's both Carson Wentz and this coaching staff. So I'm going to take it away and end it there. Thanks for tuning into Eagles Brawl. Again, keep, continue leaving the five-star ratings. We love them. And some good positive reviews. We need a little bit more. We had somebody actually write a nasty review about Giovanni, of course. So... You guys can, if you're listening, can do us a favor, leave a good review so it can wash that one away so Giovanni doesn't see it because I don't want to announce it on social media so he sees it. But I greatly, greatly appreciate it if you guys could do that for us. But thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. What's going on, everybody? It's Eagles Brawl co-host Connor Miles. I just want to let you know about our partnership with DraftKings. Football is here, and so is your shot at millions. Thanks to our sponsorship with DraftKings, all new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. So let me just let you know how it works real quick. So you go to DraftKings and you create your first ever DFS account with DraftKings. You make a deposit, minimum $5, and DraftKings will credit your account with a free entry to numerous of contests that can win you millions. Just go to DKNG. Dot co slash brawl pod to play. That's d k n g dot co slash b r a w l p o d 
to play. Quick act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and go over there and sign up and support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl. What's going on, everybody? It's Connor Miles, co-host of the Eagles Brawl here. I just want to give a quick shout-out to one of our sponsors. That's Manscaped. Go ahead. The holidays are here. It's time to get your loved ones trimmed and nicely trimmed, that is, by going to manscaped.com and using promo code BRAWL. That's B-R-A-W-L to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. You know it. He knows it. He needs to trim up. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off your order and free shipping when using promo code BRAWL. B-R-A-W-L. Support your favorite Eagles podcast, Eagles Brawl, when purchasing an item off of Manscaped.com and also take care of that person you love. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.